because uh, we didn't have the sports games, we would do huge firework shows, okay. uh, including lighting off quarter sticks of dynamite. And my memory of this time of year will forever be a guy uh, seeing one of them not go off, run up with an eight-foot pole, a poke something, goes to turn around, and the stick just... <laughs> He is knocked flat on his face. Oof. And when they come and get him, his uh, T-shirt is smoldering. There's little uh, flames on his T-shirt. They have to carry him away. Oh, man. Oh. This is how we celebrate the madness. <laughs> You know it's kind of hard just to get along today Our subject isn't cool, but he thinks it anyway He may not have a clue and he may not have style But everything he lacks, well, he makes up in denial so Hello, fellow Powderhounds, and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, a ski trivia game podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. The calendar has turned to March, which means only one thing, spring skiing. Yeah. March also means a little off-piste competition, Mogul Madness. That's right. This episode features the competition you've all been waiting for, a bracket-based ski trivia game with a trio of astute readers from Colorado. And no, we are not talking bookworms in the library, or are we? The opening tune of today's episode was Offspring, giving a literal nod to the reader lineage. All right, enough intro. Let's get to it. So sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding, Powderhounds. I am joined today by three OGCs, original gangsters of Colorado, for the first ever March Mogul Madness. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thanks, of Sean. course. Let us meet our guests individually. We begin in coal country. No, not West Virginia, but coal country. My buddy Cole is on the pod today. Welcome, bud. Hey, thank you so much. Really happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the first of a lot of puns that are going to get annoying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've known you for enough years to know that uh, they're just going to keep coming. They are. No stopping them. They are fully loaded here, bud. We, uh, we're going to kick it off just with a couple quick questions about your ski experience. First and foremost, how long have you been skiing and what was the first place you skied? So first place I skied was before I even really remember. Uh, my parents would take us up onto the ski slopes with uh, my dad's parents as kind of the spotters. And they would take one of us out onto the hill at a time and would alternate between uh, letting us go like 10, 15 feet. So you'd have one of them at the top of the hill, the other one facing mm -hmm. uphill, letting them ski on down. 
And one of my mom's favorite stories is the time that I went right under my dad's legs and just <laughs> kept going down the mountain. That is, uh, I, well, we're, we're, I guess, kindred spirits. I had very similar experience to my first time on sticks. He's <laughs> good at pizza when he French fried instead. <laughs> have a bad time. Love it. I love it. And where was this uh, first location? Did I miss that? So we did skiing uh, down in New Mexico at a resort called Angel Fire uh, sure. or at Winter Park. Those okay. were uh, two that we grew up uh, skiing a lot of. Love it. Love it. Uh, would you say beyond the days where you were flying underneath some legs uh, <laughs> to, the, to, the, uh, to the powder that awaited below, so in your heyday, what would you say was your preferred terrain? Are you a bump skier, glades, groomers, or steeps? Or the, uh, the back bowls. Okay. A lot of powder. Okay. Um, the, uh, the back bowls at Winter Park were great. They didn't, um, they didn't clear the trees. So you'd go up above the tree line on mm -hmm. this run called Timberline, ski the back bowl, and then you'd drop into the glades. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, would yep. do that time and time again because it was untouched. If you had powder, you're going to have twice as much up there as anywhere else on the uh, mountain. Winter Park, gotta love it. We'll be talking about it in a little bit. Um, so, in terms of your approach to the ski day, and again, gentlemen, you're going to get the same questions. Would you say you were a wake up before the sun? sunrises, first chair, eating a crushed peanut butter and jelly sandwich from your back pocket and just ski all day until your legs give out? Or would you, you know, get to the mountain at leisurely pace, have some coffee, breakfast, a couple runs, take a break, repeat until chairs close? Or something you know, you could actually, yeah, it was, it depended on the, uh, the stage of life. You mm -hmm. know, when we were little, uh, when we were, unable to drive ourselves, we only would visit the mountain four or five times in a year, and they were always just the best days. But we were entirely dependent on the parents on getting sure. out. So two or three of them, guaranteed we'd be up before dawn, stop by Burger King, get ourselves the uh, the croissants with oh, uh, sausage. sausage. Croissants. Yeah, man. <laughs> that, I could taste that as you said that. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the dark, getting it in the dark, and smelling oh. mom and dad's coffee. And at least one trip every year, we would wake up at nine o'clock. Come on, be mm -hmm. stressed out. Wouldn't get to the mountain until noon. Ski for two hours, and then just be so tired from the whole ordeal. Like, all right, we're going back. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. By uh, by college, we had enough to afford the ski pass and the gas. So that was the day that we were eating the the crushed sandwiches out of the pocket. One, uh, one guy would bring the hot chocolate, one, bot, one guy would bring a bottle to mix with it, and the other guy would just have four or five sandwiches lining the insides of him. <laughs> love it, man. This is fantastic. Bring it as a team. Yeah. Fantastic. I love it. Lot, multiple approaches to the ski day depending on time of life. Love it. Uh, last question this lightning round. Any bucket list ski destinations can be in Colorado or – Hey, anywhere. So uh, bucket list versus, am I actually going to do this? <laughs> bucket list 
is Whistler uh, heli skiing. I've wanted to do it since college. And now that I'm finally at a point in life that I have money to actually do something like that, I don't know that I have the knees or maybe the courage to do something like that. So do I still want to? Yes. Am I going to? 50-50. Yeah, you'd probably wipe out and then be done for the day. <laughs> Pay $10,000 and have your <laughs> be done in one run. <laughs> That's a long, uh, long way to travel for, uh, <laughs> for yard sale. <laughs> but uh, I like that. That's a, that's a great, that's a great answer. Heli skiing at Whistler. Well, I, uh, I'm going to remember that and I'm going to egg you on over time. So we're going to, we're going to see if we can make that happen sometime. If we make that happen, we will do, uh, we'll do a follow-up. We'll do an encore episode uh, oh. from the base. Oh, we will. We will do it from your yard sale, in fact, making sure you're okay at first and then immediately <laughs> getting your delirious response. All right, next up, we got, uh, we got Brett, who, uh, who is also a, a dual planker. And uh, same questions to you, sir. Uh, how long have you been skiing? And uh, are you also, first pl- I guess, first place to Angel Fire Winter Park? But how long have you been skiing? And in your heyday, bumps, glades, groomers, or steeps? So I don't think I remember when I started skiing, kind of like cold, but the first place I do remember was a steamboat. And I remember having that little clip on the front of your skis to make sure that you're peeping all the time and you never get going too fast. I'll never forget it. And I, I remember when I graduated from that, I actually missed it because I had wiped out a few times. The other thing I remember is skiing without poles. You know, you get to like a catwalk and your parents have to slingshot you. So I was always exhausted when I was a little kid. And so I, I liked it, but because I was so tired all the time. I remember I the, poorly planned, gotcha. the poorly planned ski resorts where you would get down to the bottom and it's a quarter mile to the nearest lift. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'd always want to take the green, you know, I'm tired. Let's take the four o'clock run that's super flat at the bottom. And then someone has to basically carry me for the last half mile. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> mom and dad hated that. <laughs> I remember a time when I was a kid that I, mom told me distinctly to get enough momentum to make sure I could make it on the catwalk because otherwise it was like a quarter mile that she was going to have to drag me. And so I had the momentum, but I caught an edge and I biffed it. And so she <laughs> not only like she had to ski backwards to get me and then drag me that quarter mile or however long it was. <laughs> I remember she was not happy. Like we were already late because we were before cell phones trying to meet at a pole at 4.30 and we were not going to be at that pole by 4.30. I'll tell right. you what. Right. I could see now why she let you guys get the passes and stayed in the lodge or got the heck out of there and went downtown. <laughs> but she was in great shape. So there you go. Um, any bucket list destinations, Brett? I know you've been, uh, been to a few different places, uh, definitely Colorado, uh, but anywhere outside the state or even in the state that uh, is on your list? You know, we, we're obviously really spoiled in Colorado. Having Vail in, in our own backyard, pretty freaking sweet. I would say people who know skiing a lot better than I do, and there's a lot of them, would say the only places that beat Colorado and Utah, hands down, would be the Swiss Alps. Or possibly Whistler, what Cole was talking about, but uh, Swiss Alps. I'm a I'm a groomer guy. Uh, powder exhausts me. Plus, I like predictability. Cole's a little more reckless. Maybe I'm just a huge pussy, but I, I like groomers. Just nice and easy. Make it to the bottom of the mountain. Yeah, man. So you if wanna, the you Swiss wanna... Alps have those. I'm there. <laughs> Love it. Got it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, those are some good tips right there. And uh, Grant, same questions for you. Um, I know you kind of popped in a little bit with a couple of them, but uh, first place you ski, type of terrain that you like the best, your approach to the day, and any bucket list destinations. All right. So my first distinct memory of skiing as a kid was driving up on a weekend early, early in the morning, like Cole and I would get up in our dad's Nissan Stanza, I think, and drive up to the mountains. I think it was Winter Park, but Cole, am, am I right there? Was it anywhere else? Maybe Cotton. Could have been also Vail. Um, we didn't go that far that young, not for lessons. So we oh, would for be lessons, taken yeah. up for lessons, though. And I remember sitting in the back seat. Um, gosh, maybe in a car seat, maybe not. I don't remember. It was the 80s. <laughs> no one remembers much from the 80s <laughs> um i remember am radio being on and like espn radio or i don't know something yeah. like that and i know what you're talking about seeing the pine trees go by and then we would get there and i'd sometimes be a little groggy but i really liked the instructor and they did a decent job of teaching me and we did that for like five weekends in a row okay and that really drilled skiing into us i think so, yeah, and you couldn't have learned it a better place. I mean, obviously, as as Brett was saying, like spoiled being out there. So I'm sure uh, there's a place to learn that uh, you know whether it was Winter Park or wherever, Vale. Um, you know, you really can't beat it. So you know that's a that's a good start. Now, uh, any buck? I know you haven't been skiing a lot lately, but if you were to uh, get back out there and there was a wide open highway and there was no one in the parking lot, where would you be heading? Uh, the most sense for, for me is just to head up I-70. Um, I live in Denver and, well, in the suburbs of Denver. Mm -hmm. And um, just getting up to I-70, I mean, I could get to Winter Park, I could get to Copper, I could get to um, Vail, all fairly easy. Um, within about one and a half to two hours. Um, my biggest thing on not skiing that much these days is just not having a place to stay up there. If I have a place mm -hmm. to stay in the mountains, that's the huge difference, but an hour and a half to two hour commute, and that's with no traffic. Sure. Yep. Is, is a lot out of your day. If you're going to do that, then ski, and then you have to drive all the way back home. So if you're okay. staying up there, then it's great. Then you can be still be the first one on the mountain. Um, but then you don't have to worry about being the guy that packs a smashed up peanut butter and jelly in his pocket. I get it. I get it. We want to wake up on the mountain. Well, not necessarily on the mountain, but very close to the mountain. Not to have to worry about Roll the traffic, the parking. Absolutely. Have a leisurely, but filling breakfast and getting to the lift line before they spin. I, I, I totally there with you, man. Um, we're going to get a little bit more into that as we kind of get going uh, into, into the mountains. But first, we got a detour because it is March. And it is a maddening time because there's been some college basketball happening, uh, gentlemen. It is March. It does mean spring skiing, but it also means the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, we, we, it was taken away sort of from, uh, from everybody last year. So there's obviously been renewed interest, uh, at least for me, on this year's tournament. Alas, Listeners, for a little context, a couple of our alma maters punched their tickets to the big dance. That would be the University of Colorado, the Buffs, and the University of Connecticut, the Huskies. 
Unfortunately, we could only muster one win between the two schools, and uh, now we're on the outside looking in. But uh, I'm just hoping for uh, competitive games the rest of the way. Um, so uh, as of this recording, we're looking at the Sweet 16, though by the time this episode gets published, it might be a Final Four. <laughs> but <laughs> but since uh, we're looking at the field for what it is now, um, gentlemen, I'm just curious, uh, anyone can kind of jump in, you know, thoughts on the tournament? Uh, obviously, we're a little disappointed, but, uh, you know, there's a 15 seed that uh, is in the Sweet 16. I think it's the second time ever. There's a little... Missouri Valley School that uh, is a I think a what an eight seed seven seed Loyola Chicago Loyola that probably Chicago's should be a four seed. seed yeah uh, they look real good and uh, and then yeah the West Coast has like five teams still in it so uh, not all in the same conference but uh, definitely on the same coast so any thoughts on has it been enjoyable or has it just been absolutely uh, just just so my comment consistently has been. <laughs> It's a terrible year for brackets, but it's a great year for the underdog. Mm-hmm. Great year for basketball. I, I love, yeah, I would way rather basketball be fun than my bracket be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bracket is totally busted I, here. Yeah, my bracket was, uh, I, I had three of my four final fours as a Big Ten. And... I had way too big of a Big Ten bias, too. Pac-12, <laughs> yeah. Pac-12 yeah. has come out and represented, and Big Ten is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, been, it's actually pretty remarkable. Four teams, I think, are still in the pack, and uh, I think they're down oh, to two in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's nuts. I thought Buffs were the only one who were out. Yeah. Is that still well, true? USC or UCLA is going to knock you – well, they're going to – Knock right, each knock each other out. Yeah, that's it. That's right. Oh, they're playing each other. But yep. a third yeah, of the Sweet I'm, Sixteen. I know in a conference, that one of them is like maybe the fifth strongest Power Five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys, uh, I'm I'm sensing that there's maybe a little conference pride. So, are you going to be rooting for the Pac uh, Pac 12 now? I used to say Pac 10, uh, or is it uh, you know f those guys? I'm going with Loyola Chicago or uh, or Oral Roberts. Which pop quiz, and this is a little preview of where we're headed. So does anyone know what state Oral Roberts is in? Also Oklahoma. Oh, Greg gets the point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we I, all knew that one. Oh, okay. I had to look it up, I'll admit it. But uh, I, I Well, yeah. our dad it remembers is. when Oral Roberts went in the 70s. Oh, they, uh, they had okay. a huge tournament run, uh, made it to the Elite Eight or Final Four. Oh, okay. All right. I probably should have known that or heard that if I had the game on, uh, you know, the volume up. I, I was muted for, for most of most of March Madness uh, while uh, double, uh, you know, double tasking, multitasking. Um, any um, so just a quick uh, college roundtable. So we got Blaster the Burrow. I looked up. That's Cole's mascot. We got what Ralph the Buffalo and boomer the bear are those the three uh college uh, mascots for the three readers here or did i screw one up ralphie ralphie, ralphie. and it's a it's a girl also good trivia ralphie oh. the girl oh, i learned something else today okay ralphie the girl mm-hmm. ralphie the buff okay um <laughs> you guys uh, i know we were talking a little earlier before we started recording uh, a little uh you know sort of the bringing Ralphie on the field before football games, but any, uh, any kind of fun, either March Madness, uh, hoops, 
or football or any any college sport for that matter um you know uh you know memory or story come to mind uh is the madness and i i will say well you guys maybe think a little bit uh while i have the uh the screen share here uh one of my fond memories of the uh march the month that is march madness is a couple years ago and there it is <laughs> that would be uh for listeners you're we're looking at a picture from uh <laughs> black bear tavern in downtown hartford in 2014 when the yukon huskies, huskies. won the 2014 national title and uh we got a picture of cole with the uh with the with the touchdown arms in the air number one <laughs> as well as his lovely wife elaine uh, and a bunch of our friends in, in a picture. So just wanted to uh, kick it off. That was my March Madness memory. Uh, gentlemen, do you have anything else comes to mind? And if you don't, uh, any other fun college story <laughs> is also acceptable. So going, going to school in Boulder, I learned you can't have a couch on your front porch because when our football team was real good in the 90s, the students had a bad habit of lighting them on fire. And either, it was either in the street, but a lot of times it was actually on their porch and it caused a lot of house fires. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you will not see couches on front porches in Boulder, you know? Yeah. Thanks, Debbie Downer. So we went to... <laughs> Fold-out chairs. Fold-out chair couches. That's what you need. So you can bring them inside. <laughs> John, the reason that all three of us are so fond of our sports is because of our parents. Uh, <laughs> They, they took us to a Final Four in San Antonio. Whoa, and did not you know, know this. We did not go. We didn't go to games. We, uh, we were definitely in San Antonio. Yeah, Dad oh. went to the games with work. We went like right before or right after or something like that, coincidentally. But part of that whole scene, I mean, that's the, that is a scene. Yeah. yeah. It did oh, help cool. us appreciate it. And he brought us home a basketball, I remember. Um, oh, that it was cool. colorful basketball with the logos painted on it. I know Stanford was in there, and I remember being such a little kid that I was like, "Their logo's a tree. Are their mascots a tree?" <laughs> I want to say Syracuse was also in there that year. Ooh, we don't say uh, we don't really use that uh, that nomenclature on these coasts. So, oh, wow. well, we went to a game, an early round game, where it was Kansas versus Syracuse in Denver. Um, would have been '94, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, UConn, or, uh, sorry, not UConn, um, Hartford hosted the, uh, the opening round, uh, not last year, obviously last season, the tournament was canceled the year before. Got to see uh, John Moran and um, what was the other guy on Marquette at the time. Um, really exciting, uh, you know, just be able to see a player right before, he, you know, one and done, went to the NBA, you know, shortly thereafter. But uh, yeah, and obviously the downtown was packed and it was a super and that was just you know that wasn't that was first opening weekend that was in the final four and it was just absolutely i mean they closed down pratt street cole i don't know if you remember that i mean it was just oh, yeah. an absolute yeah it was just it was so so much fun i'm um, really happy i was able to, to to get tickets and go to the game but uh all right um oh. any oh no go ahead man jump in well you uh you had asked about college stories and you also specifically called out my mascot burrow or uh, Blaster, the borough. No, no, yeah, and yeah, for a little sure context, <laughs> I went to an engineering school called Colorado School of Mines, like holes in the ground where you're pulling rock out kind mm -hmm. of mines. Mm -hmm. 
And as a school, a bunch of engineers, we weren't super good at sports. Uh, best thing to go watch was the soccer game. So gives you a little bit of context about the, uh, the competitiveness that we brought. Well, but, I think you're selling yourself a little short. I don't mean to cut you off because uh, in my research to make sure I got the mascots right, and of course I mispronounced Ralphie, but uh, I did find out though there is a <clears throat> competition every spring, I think, at Mines where there's uh, some craftiness among the student population where you build things and then you race them down rivers. Mm -hmm. and... So can you talk a little bit about that maybe? And uh, as well, if I don't know if you're gonna get, you're gonna go there, but uh, what, oh, what yeah. is it called? So that's a big part of E-Days. Yes. It's a whole week long celebration. And Engineering e -days, days, right? Engineering days. Okay. Uh, they would build cardboard boats. The uh, civil engineers would be build concrete canoes and they would race these down a river where uh, they are testing the quality that they're building to make sure that these things actually float and are uh, quote unquote seaworthy uh, as one of the big competitions. And this was right after, uh, this was always right after the tournament took place. Uh, so it was like March Madness. April. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh yeah. And because uh, we didn't have the sports games, we would do huge firework shows, okay. uh, including lighting off quarter sticks of dynamite. And my memory of this time of year will forever be a guy uh, seeing one of them not go off, run up with an eight-foot pole, a poke something, goes to turn around, and the stick just... <laughs> He is knocked flat on his face. Oof. And when they come and get him, his uh, T-shirt is smoldering. There's little uh, flames on his T-shirt. They have to carry him away. Oh, man. Oh. This is how we celebrate the madness. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, why is fire always involved? I mean, you got, uh, you know, Brett's example of the couches. You got the fireworks. And actually, now that you, you <laughs> I guess I'll combine the two. Now that I think about it, when I was uh, at school uh, at UConn, uh, there was also another successful basketball year in 2004. And I remember that uh, one of the houses we went to to watch the game, they actually – they actually, I think, cut up couches so that they could actually build stadium seating in the living room. But of course, what do you do when the game's over, the entertaining is over, and you have cut up couches in your living room that you then need to re, you know, re, you know, use again for living in your house? And I believe those cut up couches did make it into a fire pit of some sort, and uh, you know, as part of the celebrations. So, yes, yeah, something about fire and. I don't know. You got to get a handle on it, guys, at some point. But, um, hey, fireworks, it's, uh, you know, 4th of July. Maybe it's just sort of in our blood. But um, final thoughts maybe on, uh, on March Madness. What, do you have any picks the rest of the way, even if it's not your bracket? Uh, do you have any uh, – are we going Pac-12? Pac I think Gonzaga and Baylor will meet up. Ooh, the I think two ones. the fastest and the strongest. Um, and Gonzaga – I think could win it all. I think it's finally their year. They've got three guys that could be arguably the best player in the country or that would be the best player on any other team as well. So, I mean, but who knows? My bracket's in the trash. So. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, how about you? Well, I know you said 
Syracuse is kind of blasphemous, but I like Buddy Buckets. That kid's fun to watch. He does not miss, and it's kind of weird that his dad's like 52 years older than him, but hey, I'm all Mm. Bayheim right now. Okay. You're on the bees. Cole. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cole, I think can you Baylor's correct gonna get this course? Shot. What's that? I, I, I think Nova could take Baylor out. Oh. Uh, Baylor is one of those teams that is strong, strong on the inside. Uh, they're quick, they're long, but uh, when people are really good shooters, that's the games that they don't make. So, Grant, I'll disagree with the Baylor, but I don't know that I can put my finger on what else. It's... I like it. I like that pick. Um, um, it's kind of amazing that they really haven't missed a beat with uh, their, you know, the starting point guard out for the rest of the season, uh, Colin Gillespie. But uh, if I'm going to round out, I'm going to actually, unfortunately, I hate to bring up memories here, but I think I'd go with the Florida State because their starters are – they're all i agree put them in the final four yeah i mean their size is just ridiculous but i guess because they don't you know they might not have much perimeter if they get into a dog fight with three points to you know shooters uh you know teams that hit three well then maybe they don't have a shot but um yeah i don't know i think that's that's where i'm gonna go but uh i think it'd be kind of cool if uh gonzaga was able to complete the first undefeated season since i think 1976 that was indiana um and mark few i think uh, does handstands uh, in the locker room so i mean that's kind of cool i don't think uh, jimmy Beheim does that and uh i'm not even sure so you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna go probably my money's on gonzaga but i can see florida state uh so uh so uh all right well that's a little bit march madness uh thanks for sharing some thoughts there guys and again uh there's always next year for our, our teams and hopefully we will uh Maybe our teams will even meet up in the in the in the uh, the next bracket. We'll see. Let's uh, shift back to the mountains a little bit and talk. Uh, start heading into a little spring skiing. I know that's on everyone's mind uh, this month of March, wherever you are at, whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast, Rockies, anywhere. Um, and part of that, you know, we talked a little bit about. You know, you guys are are OGCs, old, you know, old guard or old <laughs> original gangster, Colorado kind of before it was cool, before everyone moved there, right? You guys lived there in the 80s, uh, even though the forgotten maybe era. So I'm kind of curious, uh, you already talked a little bit about growing up there, but I guess what's the biggest change you've noticed? You know, again, I know two, two or three of you live in Colorado now, you know, Denver, if not outside, just outside of Denver, um, and even Cole going back, you know, what's the biggest thing maybe you've noticed and um, whether it's just in general, or as part of sort of the ski culture and, uh, you know, the skiing experience. Correct me. For me and all the friends that I went to the mountains with, it's definitely that the people from out of state are better skiers than the people from Colorado. And I think that's because people from Colorado might take it for granted for a little bit. You know, it's kind of a luxury for someone out of state to come to Colorado when they were growing up. But it used to be Colorado ski bums, and I'm sure that's still the case of people who live in the mountains. But people from Littleton, or anywhere in Denver, really, you're going to find a lot of people that don't really care for skiing much anymore. But people who grew up in Vermont or other places with hills that suddenly have mountains, it's a thing. Uh, we have a cousin that moved from Springfield, Missouri, and he skis all the time. I mean, he's up every single weekend for sure. Um, which mm-hmm. our parents moved to Colorado from out of state in the 80s and then skied every weekend 
But now here we are, we don't necessarily. Of course, maybe, yeah, it doesn't, maybe it does make sense on top of, you know, the, the challenges of, you know, traffic and uh, parking and, and everything else and all the good skiers from the East, which I'm not sure I agree with that completely. You're saying, you're saying that you think that there's better ski, Brad, I think you said that you're, you see the skiers visiting from the East are better than the skiers out West. If they care about skiing. I mean, people who grew up in Colorado that are passionate about skiing, of course, they're really good skiers. But as far as like an average skier goes, I'm better than average, but my friend from Vermont who comes here and came here every year, two years with their family, they're better than me just because they, I think, cared more when they were actually in. Makes sense. I, th I get it now. Well, I, uh, I, you know, just for the record, it's uh, my favorite state uh, that's not on the East Coast. Again, there's this wonderful very <laughs> unpopulated highway called I-91 that uh, goes from Connecticut right through Vermont. And uh, as long as you get through Springfield, Massachusetts, there's never any traffic. So beyond that state, Colorado is my, my second favorite. So, uh, so let's talk a little bit more about these ski areas that uh, so many people want to get to. And we are going to kick off our main segment, March Mogul Madness. It is game time, gentlemen. And as we talked before, this first game is going to establish points to help us seed the ski areas. So yes, listeners, we are building a live bracket right now. This first game is called Name That Ski Area, Mar Mogul Madness Edition. <laughs> you guys ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Bring it on. All right. So this is uh, Spring Ski Traditions of Colorado. The information is courtesy of Snowbrains, 303 Magazine, and snowcountry.com, as well as ski area blogs that were involved. So it's a collection of information is what I'm saying. I'm going to describe a spring tradition of a Colorado ski area, and you're just going to guess the area. This is a little bit of, uh, you know, who raise your hand or buzz in first, jump in first. Um, so, you know, you can guess uh, as often as you want. However, once you guess wrong, the other two people have an opportunity to guess before you can guess again, you know, make it fair. Uh, any questions that make sense? Let's roll. All right. First one, ultimate mountain deck barbecue. This ski area combines two springtime favorites, barbecue and skiing. Quote, just throw some hot dogs in a backpack and cook your own lunch using the complimentary gas grills open to the public on one of our mountain decks. There's nothing better than home cooked meat <laughs> 11,000 feet. <laughs> That's a quote, end quote. What do you got? Anyone have a guess? What ski area? I'm going to guess copper. That is incorrect. Cole or Grant? Um, That's, that feels like a Rapho Basin. Incorrect. Ooh, Grant. <sighs> Love their background. Let's go Winter Park. Everyone is wrong. Oh no, not a good start. Um, we'll do one more round, and then if we don't get it, uh, we'll uh, we'll just we'll, we'll omit. Uh, any other guesses? Copper. Already. No, guessed. that was my guess. Uh, <laughs> pay attention, son. We've talked about it already in uh, descriptions. At some point, it's been named already. Crested Butte. No, we, uh, we, oh, maybe you guys weren't on. I think Brett and I were talking about it, actually. 
Oh God, we're either it's either Telluride or Steamboat, but no. Wow. Okay, this is interesting. Seriously, wow. Okay, man, we suck. All right, I will tell you this is Vale. This is uh, this is Vale. It's from their blog, I believe. Uh, when the weather is sunny, decks and grills on a mountain is pretty good indicator of good time to be had. Yeah, Windows deck, Hawks Nest, Henry's Hut, Bell's Camp. That's okay. We're just warming up. There's a few more questions to go. Second, I don't think of Vale. Would I want to go grill a hot dog? <laughs> There's nothing complimentary in Vale. Vale is the most expensive resort. <laughs> that's what that's what threw you. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That was that was a kind of a trick question, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh man, that was good. Um, all right, second up, Cowboy Downhill, started in 1974. The event consists of a pro rodeo stars from all around the globe competing against each other in some great com competitions on skis. The quote, the first event is a dual slalom in which Grant. two per Yep. Dude, that's, that's, yes. that's definitely a steamboat. Grant got it. It is steamboat. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you get yeah, some you wacky cowboys. If you haven't seen the video, you should check it out. There's a video on, on somewhere and uh, they do a stampede at the end. It's like the last event. So there's like a hundred cowboys all on skis, all of varying degrees of ability. They have to go over a jump and most of them don't make it and they all wipe out and then everyone just skis into the wiped out people. It's, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Great job. <laughs> Grant is on the board. All right, number three, Gaper Day. April Fool's Day is marked on calendars for more than one reason. And it's coming up. The resort-wide tradition consists of locals dressing as gapers or classic tourists. Everything from old-school bright onesies to jorts, that would be jean shorts, uh, make their appearance. It's a day full of goofiness, drinking, and socializing with friends. Any Great. guesses? Grant. Oh, Breckenridge. Cool. Awesome. Uh, no, well, not, not Breckenridge. Any other guesses? I'll say A Basin. Yes, uh, Brett is on the board. It is A Basin. Bye, Cole. Arabo Popper Basin, also does this. The legend. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the famous beach transforms into a massive tailgate. Uh, who else does it? Copper. Oh, we'll get there. Uh, well, number the deeper day there. <laughs> Next one, ice bumper cars. Quote, talk Ooh. about a crowd pleaser. It's impossible not to have fun in these rainbow-colored inflatable snow tubes. Oh, Grant. On Grant, you got one? Winter Park? Definitely yes! Park. Man! Jeez, Grant. Grant is on. Yeah, so Winter Park does ice bumper cars. Yeah, it's in the middle of the Village Pond. And uh, their Instagram video had about 32,000 views, and it looked pretty fun. So I checked that out. All right, we're rolling, guys. Um, Grant's got two. Brett's got one. And Cole's looking to get on the board. Here, number uh, five, Bloom. 20, quote, 22 consecutive days of excitement from parades, sparklers, movie screens, free ice skating, Thursday night lights, night skiing in the plaza to watching ice sculptors. Telluride? No, uh -oh. not Telluride, but Brett, you got a guess? Oh, well, I was going to say something else until you said ice sculptors. Now I'm going to say Breck. No. Cole, you got one? Uh, I, had a, I had a better answer. Ice sculptors. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then uh, they have roaming dogs in one of the hotels, like as ambassadors. Cole, do you have a guess? Because I have another one. Yeah, the... Um... Gosh, it's uh, affiliated with uh, Vail. Correct. Um, I'll give it to you. Beaver Creek. Beaver, Beaver Creek. Creek. Thank you. Damn it. Yeah, I you knew it. it. You when you said it. parade, that was what I was going to go first because I've been in that. Yeah. You've been in, the, you've been in this parade? 
it, yeah, I don't, I don't remember how it happened. I was just there. Well, I thought <laughs> Shaw was describing we a uh, pride a parade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what it was. I've never been there, but uh, it's 22 consecutive days of something. That sounds pretty fun. So, uh, yeah. No, what really got my attention was the, was the roaming dog ambassadors in one of the hotels. So um, that, that seems kind of fun, too. All right, we have only a couple more, guys. Um, number six, slope soakers. Slope soakers is where pond skimming meets freestyle skiing. Every year, this ski area's park crew builds a slope style-like course complete with jibs, rails, jumps, and various ponds to navigate on the way down. Participants skim ponds to do tricks, wear amazing costumes, and everyone has a great time. Any guesses? And you have I'm going with copper. You got it. All right, cool. Yeah. Two in a row. Yeah, that's copper. Um, yeah, no question about it. lots of mountains have their own spin on the classical uh, spring event that is pond skimming, but copper apparently just does, and again, their video putting together at the park is, is pretty cool. Um, all right, two more and then we will move on. Um, number seven, the Imperial Challenge. Ride your bike six miles, then climb the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> for a 3,000 foot elevation gain. The Imperial Challenge is a pseudo triathlon, a rite of spring, a party, or whatever you want to make of it. Um, Any guesses? Any Breckenridge. I'll, yes. I'll say Breck, yeah. Yeah. Good call. All right. I was thinking right. Silverthorne. Same, right. same region. Dude, that seems like an intense way to start spring. Yeah. Hey, God can I tell a quick story on Breckenridge? Yeah, man. Okay. So one time when I was in college, and mind you, I left Colorado for college, went to Missouri, and then came back here like on some breaks. So I came back with four friends. We did a road trip over one spring break, and we went and hung out um, both at our house in Denver, but also up in the mountains. So we went to Breckenridge one day, and we were just hanging out in the town. So there was a ice slope, like a, basically it was, just a, like a, right on the sidewalk, there was a very icy section where when it's all melted in the summer is probably a stair. But this thing was basically like a slide. So people were stepping on it and biffing it so bad. Well, this finally like the second or third person biffed it while we're just sitting there being assholes and just laughing. Um, so before we went over there and we're like, you guys need to like avoid this area. Everyone's falling. So we all went back to college. I was taking, I don't know, I was geeking out with my computer and I figured out that I could modify websites. So I sent my parents a fake news article like from the local Denver news station that this place was getting sued because they didn't take care of their thing. And that I put in the article that people were sitting there laughing like in the Seinfeld episode, the right. final Seinfeld episode. <laughs> But my parents still to this day believe that that actually happened. Oh, come on. It. You haven't so, come clean? No, I haven't. And I, I hope they find out via this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Closing the loop years later. I love it. Uh, that's pretty fantastic, man. Um, all right. Well, if I have any problems with production of this, I'm, you're the one I'm going to call. Uh, last one, guys. Number eight, Super Super G. Part of this ski area's challenge series, this top to bottom Super G raises money for the ski area ski team. Oh, These, I can Okay. Well, you got to guess if you want to throw it out there. These fun races are free and open to skiers and boarders of all yeah. ages and abilities with dual race format. Any guesses? Is it Keystone? It is not. 
This one might be tough. I think only Brett will get any it. Re is it on, out in Any repeat answers here? No. No one said the ski area, but we talked about it before we started recording. <laughs> Wolf Creek? Yeah, there he goes. All right. Ah, bingo. So after the uh, the seeding, uh, Grant, Brett, and Cole. Grant is three, and Brett and Cole are tied with two. So um, so what we're going to do now is, Grant, you get to seed the first ski area. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, all right. So, again, listeners, we're building this game as we go. So, uh, again, just a quick recap of what just happened. <laughs> In case you're doing <laughs> keeping up. We just listed eight ski areas that are going to be part of our bracket this evening. We have Vail, Steamboat, A-Basin, Winter Park, Beaver Creek, Copper, Breckenridge, and Wolf Creek. You're each going to get one to eight, uh, a seed at one to eight. And uh, because, Grant, you scored the most points, you get to seed the first ski area. So, again, the way I thought about this is the ski area you'd like to see win Mogul Madness, your favorite of the bunch, um, or not. Or you could just do total wild card and just be like, I'm just going to do a random one, and then we'll see how the bracket forms and how the ski areas advance in our ridiculous uh, and hopefully fun game in <laughs> a few minutes. Hey, can you put the rest of them in the chat just so I can oh, sure. see them again? There they are. Beautiful right. ski areas. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, while uh, you're thinking about that, and again, you just get to see the first one, and then it's going to go, uh, we'll go Brett Cole, and then back, you know, back up. And then we'll, sell, so we'll see how this kind of comes together. Okay, um, I want to understand. My pick is based on what it means to me. That's right, exactly. This is subjective seeding, exactly like the NCAA tournament. <laughs> All right, are you guys ready? Ready, let's go. What do you got? Who's the number one seed? Number one seed overall is Steamboat. Steamboat Springs gets the top pick, top dog. There we go. We're off now. Brett, of the remaining skiers, who's your two seed? A lot of your listeners are going to disagree with our picks. Wolf Creek, number two. Whoa, Wolf Creek out of the south. <laughs> the San Juan <laughs> region. All right, Cole, what do you got for your three seed? Uh, Breckenridge. Breck. All right. We've got our peaks. Uh, back to you, Grant, for the four seed. Sorry, Cole, what was your three seed? Breck. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. That All is right. a good one. A four seed. This is kind of like Duke being a four seed, but Vale. <laughs> I love it. I love how Duke well, actually, I don't know. Maybe that – maybe I don't like that. But initially, my reaction was, that makes some sense. <laughs> Duke and – Or your analogy of Duke. Or, yeah, uh, Duke I know. Again. Well, UConn and Duke don't, don't see eye to eye, but I don't really have a problem. I don't love now. Duke, just for the record. Yeah. All right, back to you, Brett. What do you got for five, five seed? Uh, five seed, we have Beaver Creek. Oh, Beaver Creek and the parade. All right, Cole, six seed, and then it's back to Grant. Yeah, I am partial to Rappo Basin. We uh, we did a big fundraiser there every year, and they are just good people. All right, back to you, Grant. Number so seven seed. The Copper and Winter Park, correct? It is. It is. Mm. Oh, this this is this is interesting. I didn't think it'd go this way. <laughs> uh, I had this pass. I mean, this is just like yeah, it, you did. Uh, it was these two, and this is like an eight nine matchup in That's the tournament. It. Yeah. 
So it's a toss up. Who cares? 50 50 time. You're going to have a good time either way. And they're no both question. conveniently placed near Denver. So let's go Winter Park. All right, Winter Park. And then that means, oof, that means Copper gets the eight seed against Steamboat. That's what we're going to talk about, guys. This, thank you for the seeding. We will now move into the segment, which I'm calling Storytime Showdown. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're going we're gonna to go by the matchups here and just talk about the ski areas. I'll do a quick uh, overview just for our listeners if they're not familiar with the ski areas. And, of course, uh, want to toss it back to you guys. Any thoughts you have on those ski areas? It can be quick. It can be uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Whatever your reaction is. And uh, once we go through, uh, once everyone's had a chance to comment, we will then allow you each to submit your pick. And uh, there's three of you. So it's either going to be a clean sweep, 3-0 or 2-1. And uh, that ski area will advance to the next round. So does that make sense? Are you ready to do a little uh, bracket? Bustin'? Let's do it. Actually, real yeah. quick. Uh, before we even do that, this just occurred to me. Um, what, what, what are your picks? Who do you think is going to win? Everyone just throw out a scary. You think it's going to win? Breck. All right. Breck says, uh, is that Brett? Brett says, Brett. Breck. Yep. All right. Steamboat's tough to beat. All right. Cool. Good Steamboat. number one. And what do you think? What do you think, Grant? Yep. I, I said Steamboat. Okay. We'll see. Well, we'll see how it goes. All right. Here we go. So, we got number one seed versus the number eight. So we are, again, we're starting in the lead eight, which uh, might be, if I get to it this weekend, we'll see. It could be very well in time for the actual lead eight. Wouldn't that be something? So we have Steamboat, Steamboat and Steamboat Springs versus Copper Mountain right off I-70. So I'm going to start off with a little overview of, in alphabetical order, let's go Copper. Copper. Copper Mountain's biggest attraction lies in its natural topography. The mountain splits itself into three sections, advanced, intermediate, and beginner. Terrain which is great for families and friends who have the same skiing or riding ability. While Copper Mountain generally sees slightly less snowfall than its other Summit County counterparts, the terrain is consistent as it has one of the most extensive snowmaking systems to make up for it. Also, Copper Mountain Resort is also home to Woodward Copper, a lifestyle and action sports progression center. That's your quick overview of Copper Mountain. Again, I'm going to emphasize quick because uh, there's a lot of skiers to get to. All right, Steamboat overview. Steamboat is a laid-back, authentic Western cowboy ski town that is home to geothermal hot springs where you can soak weary muscles after a hard day on the slope. Where Steamboat really excels is in its glade skiing, which is some of the best in Colorado. Since Steamboat is located about three hours from Denver, crowds are rare. Note, there was a few exceptions this season, but we don't need to go into that. So, gentlemen, there's your head-to-head uh, -head matchup, Steamboat versus Copper. Only, uh, only stat I want to hear on all of these are the uh, total verticals. Oh, okay. I'm very going, curious how this stacks up. You're going for the objective. So, we, so that's fine. I'm absolutely here to serve uh, my guests in this capacity. Uh, the objective data was going to be brought in a little later in the final four to use some of that, but I like where your head's at and let's do it. Yeah. Copper, uh, vertical. Yeah. 2,738 feet and steamboat is 3,668 feet. 
I can also give you snowfall average. I can also give you skiable acres. I can also give you elevation and number of lifts. <laughs> but we can use those criteria for the next round. So th thoughts at least initially on your experiences at Steamboat uh, and Copper. You can either do them one at a time or uh, together, probably together, but, uh, and then we'll, we'll pick who you want to see advance. Steamboat is three hours away from Denver. Yep. So it makes sense to stay there. And that's why we did that as a family, which was the only time we did. Mm -hmm. so I think it has a special place in all three of our hearts. Yep. Sentimental value is huge for Steamboat. And like I, that was the first time he was old enough. He's the youngest brother by four and a half years. First time he was old enough to remember skiing. I, I was... Uh, I was really wondering if Steamboat held a sentimental value or if there was a tangible because total skiing trips probably 10 to 1 copper to Steamboat. Oh, but nice. I have always remembered Steamboat much more fondly and I don't know how it could stand up in this competition. I thought maybe it was just sentiment, but uh, no, having an extra thousand feet of vertical, like that's. Yeah. That's a lot of extra mountain to ski without having to deal with the ski lift. Like that's, I think that's cool. Well, yeah, you got to take that. a small town feel to it too. Mm -hmm. Like if you think about restaurants that have been there for 40 years, owned by like a husband, wife, that's Steamboat. Yeah, Steamboat's my pick. Okay, picks are, picks are coming in, everybody. I feel like this is the NBA draft, actually. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a clean sweep, safe to say. Any, ob any objections? Steamboat advances to the next round? No objections. No objections here. So ordered. All right, let's move on to the five versus four seed, Vale versus sister, little sister, Beaver Creek. And let's go in alphabetical order because that's how it's going to come up on my screen. So Beaver Creek, <laughs> smart, sophisticated, and unabashedly expensive. This purpose-built ski resort is as much about pampering as the powder, which are both equally as good. Just 10 miles west of Vail, Beaver Creek doesn't suffer from the same crowds as its bigger sister. But then again, it doesn't offer anywhere near as much terrain. Immaculately groomed and blue runs make up a large portion of the ski terrain here. And unlike many other ski resorts, most trails leisurely wind down their way, their way down the mountain for a more scenic experience. And then Vail, Often touted as the biggest ski area and most iconic in Colorado, Vail ski terrain is enormous. It's a true mega resort, which might put some people off, but it's one of those rare ski destinations that simply has it all, even free grills. <laughs> I added that. It's particularly well known for its, <laughs> for its back bowl skiing. By themselves, the back bowls are nearly 3,000 skiable acres. The charming ski city is spread out across three base areas, Golden Peak, Vail Village, Lion's Head, and the entire place has an enchanting European feel. Being largely purpose-built means much of it is pedestrianized. So just strolling the many shops, restaurants, and bars make this picture-perfect resort stick. Gentlemen, Vail versus Beaver Creek, both on I-70, both owned by the same company, what do you got? Beaver Creek holds my single favorite ski experience ever, but it's because I stayed there 
and right outside of my front door was the chairlift. And you could, like you said, you know, there's some cool winding trails, take you to wherever you need to be on the mountain. I have boot warmers. Everything was perfect. But that's not an every time experience at Beaver Creek. (laughs) Vail is like classic Coke when it comes to skiing. Every single time I've been, you get exactly what you're looking for. If you need an easy or a hard day, Vail's got it. I think Vail's just the perfect ski resort. So I, I would it's also that. cool of Vale. What's that? The town of Vale. It is. It's nice. Okay. Okay. I've yeah. had. I have also had one of my favorite ski days at uh, at Beaver Creek. It was. I don't think we were staying together, Brett. But like, I also stayed on the mountain. We could ski out of our uh, out of our place from. Uh, we just exited the balcony and head over to the chairlift and on the run on down just hang a right and there we are yep how can you beat that well it sounds like your little gentleman your little uh this is maybe a much harder pick than uh, the previous round uh, the previous (laughs) matchup we're going to overtime oh there can be no overtime (laughs) 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 double overtime um yeah so i think i heard brett throwing a little veil was his pick i don't know if that influences anyone else but i also think i uh, heard cole say he had his really good experience at beaver so i think grant might you be my break you might be yeah. breaking the tie beaver creek for me Grant, you've never been to beaver creek have you i don't know that i have this is where the oh. game becomes really unpredictable. <laughs> oh, okay. He's going with Vale. All right. That's it. Two to one. The first uh, close, close pick here. Not, uh, can't say I'm surprised. That's, uh, it's, it's, uh, Vale's a tough, tough one there, right? It's a big, uh, big place <laughs> lot to do there all right three versus six a basin arapaho basin the legend versus breckenridge quick overview uh actually i just did it a basin arapaho basin the legend however you want to call it uh this ski resort its reputation precedes itself as the firm favorite among locals who appreciate the affordable lift tickets and relaxed attitude there's just one drawback for visitors there's no accommodations at the base of the lift just talked about how important that might be uh, but locals have to feel good about that situation. And Breckenridge. Breckenridge is arguably the most popular ski area in Colorado and consistently voted one of the best ski towns in America. What sets Breck apart from the rest is the historic mining town of Breckenridge, which almost has a suburban-like feel. At the mountain, the train is big time with above the tree line, big bull skiing, glades, bumps, and award-winning train parks. The atmosphere at the bottom of the mountain is fun and relaxed. Plus, there are a lot of shopping, dining, and drinking options to choose from. Gentlemen, A Basin, locals, Breckenridge, iconic. What's it going to be? You get to A Basin first on the highway, and it has a higher elevation, which means it has a much longer skiing season. Breckenridge is arguably the better place to ski. But A Basin, I mean, A Basin is that uh, that girl next door. You know, you've been friends with her your entire life. You just, you look over at her sometimes, you're like, you know, you're looking pretty good today. <laughs> hey, uh, and she's I close by. Edit, I would edit that out. 
<laughs> just, just to help a brother out. Who who just jumped in? Who who zoom bombed this uh, this podcast? <laughs> oh, that's good um, B roll. So my thought is, um, yeah, A Basin does pride themselves on being first to open and last to close. That's pretty cool. Breckenridge gets it for the town, in my opinion. The town is cooler to have right there. Um, but for the locals, I would say, let's give it to A Basin. It is my vote. Wow. All right, Brett, what do you got? Uh, I don't know if Cole, you actually casted a pick there, but Brett, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are before Cole speaks. And possibly... A Basin does have a lot of appeal to a local. However, the two out of the three coldest I've ever been were at A Basin. It's a very, very cold mountain. Uh, <laughs> I would vote Breckenridge because I like accommodations. I mean, I don't even think A Basin has Wi-Fi. If if you get an emergency text, you're going to have to wait until you get back to I-70. So I vote Breck. <laughs> All right, Cole, you're going to break the tie. What's going to be? Uh, it's going to be A Basin. Oh, it is. Oh, wow. Okay. Did not expect the uh... – win. Yeah, that's a, that is a six seed taking down a three. But it was a close one. It was only by a single point. So, uh, you know, there you go. All right, final, uh, final matchup in this round. Winter Park versus Wolf Creek. The two W's. We will start in alphabetical order because that's what I'm looking at here. Winter Park. Despite being the longest continually running ski resort in the state, Winter Park retains a down-to-earth attitude. What's great about Winter Park is its, is its train service, the Winter Park Express, that takes you from downtown Denver to the mountain on weekends between January and March. It's also slightly easier to get to from Denver than the other uh, mountains on I-70. The ski terrain ranges from wide open bowls to steep alpine chutes. There's plenty, of, there's plenty to challenge all levels of ability. Keep in mind, Winter Park isn't particularly glitzy uh, like some other destinations in Colorado. Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek ski area claims, quote, the most snow in Colorado, end quote, at over, and I saw this from multiple sources, between 350 and 550 inches of snow on average uh, per year, somewhere in the middle there. I guess that's maybe the range. This resort is located within the steep San Juan mountain range, about 30 minutes north of Pogasa Springs. Like I said, they're right. It's a favorite family resort for those traveling in Southern Colorado. Most days at Wolf Creek are sunny. The snow is epic, passes cheaper, and the crowd is laid back. With new developments having been proposed, there's currently no overnight parking or lodging at the ski area. Gentlemen, Winter Park, Wolf Creek, couldn't be farther apart from each other, uh, at least as the crow flies. Um, what do you got? Yeah, I think I'm the only one who's even skied Wolf Creek. Have you guys skied it? One yes. polar grand? Okay. Down there. I know you always. The powder is no joke. Yep. Yeah, the powder is no joke. It's it's up to your hips. Doesn't matter what time of year you go. And the but crowds are awesome. On a 360 or like a 1080 in a Volvo, right? I was yeah. telling that story before you got on. Yeah, I was waking up from a nap and I looked up to the sky and it was spinning and I woke up and said, Whoa, cool. And realized we almost died on Wolf Creek Pass. Um, it, it's hard to get to. It's really hard to get to, but it's the best skiing you'll ever experience in your life. 
that's that's my pick for sure. Cole well, Grant? just because of the powder. Yeah. Uh, Wolf Creek is okay. it's a special place, but it's uh it does get knocked down a little bit for just how hard it is to get to. Grant, what do you think? Are you uh sticking with these guys? No, I'm I like Winter Park just because of the proximity to Denver. Um sure it is crowded, but I don't know. It was nice to get to and I also know people that have condos there so if i have gone like the last time i went i stayed at a condo of someone i knew up there at a much more favorable rate than someone from out of town would get mm -hmm. now cole did you put in your pick for wolf creek or i'm not sure these oh uh, yeah these... that's okay officially wolf creek all right yeah. i think we have our final four gentlemen uh so here we go the bracket is pretty wild actually so we got the number one seat steamboat <laughs> That was a clean sweep, <clears throat> playing number four seeded Vale, two to one, a little closer. And then the other side of the bracket, we have uh, Arapahoe Basin, the uh, three seed. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the six seed, uh, which is a two to one uh, pick there, playing a uh, matchup with Wolf Creek, uh, also a, a two to one, uh, two to one pick. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to ask you trivia questions about our remaining four, final four. So you guys are now going to be competing against each other for points, and that'll help us uh, advance the uh, into the championship round. So uh, we're going to start with uh, let's see, let's we'll start in alphabetical order. So A Basin, got six questions for you. True false. In 1964, the Tenth Mountain Division uh, veteran Lawrence Jump set out to create the first ski area in Colorado. Arapaho Basin created almost entirely with help from 10th Mountain Division veterans. Uh, true Tell me that year again. What's that? What year did you say that was? 1946. We'll just go around the room. If it was uh, before the Eisenhower Tunnel, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Grant? We have two trues. Uh, yeah, I'll go through. It is true. Everyone gets the point. Wonderful. All right. Yes. Shortly after the creation of Rapo Basin, uh, the uh, a few other uh, Tenth Mountain Division veterans created or founded Aspen, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the first. Or it's the first. Uh, next question. True false. You can head to the beach after a day of skiing at a basin. False. True. Okay, true. I got Grant with the false, and I got oh, the other wait. two with the trues, and it is true. Yes. Yeah, the beach. It's a stretch of parking lot uh, along the base of the mountain where tailgating parties run all day long, especially during the spring. Uh, no hotels, but plenty of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, uh, yeah, every place is a little different, right? All right, good job, guys. Uh, you're actually, actually, yeah, you're all tied in points, which will be important later. Um, next question. Uh, this is closest without going over. The closest number without going over. So uh, not price is right, just closest without going. I'm sorry, with going over. So not price is right, just closest number. <laughs> A Basin is known for having the longest ski and ride season in Colorado. How many times have they been open for skiing on the 4th of July? And this did come up in our pre-recording. Uh, <laughs> pre 
We're usually closing in June, so I gotta say none. Okay. I'm gonna say one. Cole? Ten of them. Well, if you were a uh, Price is Right guy, you would have said two because <laughs> no, uh, it's seven. So you're still closest, Cole. Yeah, seven days. Ah. Yeah, uh, most recently in 2019, they were open on the 4th of July. Ah. Uh, true, false, uh, A Basin is the only skier to have once been on both the Epic and Icon Pass. True. That was Grant? Yep. False. I'm going to say false. Because I it's think it went independent. Nope, it's true. Ah, yep. true. All right. Yep. Yep. They're, the, they're the only one that I know. Of course, it could change this year. Uh, yeah, and for 20 years, A-Basin was part of Vail's first Colorado Pass product. 2019, A-Basin chose Icon for restricted pass participation. Uh, this last question. Oh, no, uh, two more. Or one, yeah, one after this. Multiple choice. Which of these trail names are real? 13 Cornices, Bald Spot, Faculty Club, Janitors Only, Land of the Giants, or Rock Garden? Bald Spot. I was going to say Bald Spot, too. If we need a different answer, I'll go with Rock Garden. No, you can have the same answer. Grant, how about you? I don't know. I, do I lose points if I'm... If I, Not at all. You don't get it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but you're yeah, in the lead, dude. You're right. good. What's that? Whatever one was right. I'll take that one. Well, you know, this is actually, uh, I guess, a trick question. They're all right. So there was a lot of points you guys could have got. So it sounded like, oh. uh, wow. <laughs> it sounded like Brett got two <laughs> and Cole got one. <laughs> ah, love this. Love these, well love played. these questions. Uh, all right. Last one. It, true, false, A-Basin hosts an annual Enduro Challenge where teams of two ski for 10 hours lapping the Palavicini chair, home to some, some of the serious shoots, um, and in a race to have the most laps. So they just lap the chair all day. Uh, true or false? Sounded like you were reading that from Wikipedia. I'm going to say true. <laughs> I did a really bad sell job there. Yeah, it is true. Untrue. I'm going to give it to all of you because that was a bad butchering job on my behalf. Uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's event helps raise money for um, charities. And uh, yeah, the, back east, Stratton Mountain in Vermont does like a Stratton 24 and same kind of idea, 24 straight hours of skiing. And uh, you get a chip and you know, records you going. All right, so that was our uh, Rapaho Basin trivia, and um, you guys did pretty good actually. Some some points were were scored there. It looks like uh, Cole and Brett have taken uh, a one point lead over Grant, but very close. Lots more to talk about here. And um, let's see, A Basin was playing Wolf Creek, I believe, uh, just to kind of keep the bracket going. All right, Wolf Creek trivia here. Uh, true false. In, <laughs> true false. In nineteen in the nineteen seventies, an investment group comprised of Dallas Cowboys took complete ownership of Wolf Creek. I think that's true. I think that's true. I'd say true on that. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, they bought it. It looks like uh, for two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and Mike Dicka was actually part of the group. Uh, true, false. Wolf Creek holds local appreciation days with half-price tickets. I'm going to go. 
True. I believe that. Yeah. True. That's it. Yeah, yeah. These uh, these aren't very hard trivia questions, I'll admit, but uh, that's true. And uh, I just want to point it out because I think it's pretty cool. Um, and the kicker is actually, uh, apparently, everyone qualifies as a local whenever they do this. And uh, yeah, it's forty four dollar lift ticket for what sounds like the best powder skiing one could hope for. So uh, yeah, there's a little promotion for Wolf Creek right there. Uh, all right, true false. Two thirds of the mountain consists of skiable forests. False. It's not that much. I'll say true. Grant? I'm saying false. It is true. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? Glade Country, USA. Um, and finally, uh, multiple choice. So you pick one, I'll give you the answers. The basketball reference trail at Wolf Creek is, this is again in the March Madness theme, uh, bank shot, dunks, jumper, or trays. Bank shot's a different resort. Uh, I'm going with jumper. jumper. Grant, what do you think? This is it Wolf Creek? Yeah. Yeah, jumper. You were all wrong. It actually was bank shot. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that is totally a reason. Uh, that's a uh, run at another resort. You know, uh, there's no question about it as I look at ski uh, trail maps that a lot of trails are the same name. <laughs> no question about it. So uh, sorry for that little hiccup there, guys. A little bump on, uh, just, on the trail. I figured I had heard it from uh, somewhere else. You're good, man. All right. Uh, you're still all very close within a point of each other. All right. Let's move over to Steamboat, the number one seed, the consensus favorite, the Gonzaga of 2021. True, false. The main street in downtown Steamboat was designed wide enough to spread out inevitable animal droppings. True. Yeah, I'll say true. Yes. Everyone says true. It's wide. They do a contest there every year where a bunch of kids get dragged by the dogs. Well, it's actually false, but so but. <laughs> While animals were on the mine, the main street was designed wide enough for ranchers to be able to drive their herds of cattle through. So it wasn't so much about the poop, but really just sort of getting their, 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 their flock through. So another trick question there. I hope you're picking up the theme that there's a lot of trick questions <laughs> in these things. But, um, but hey, you know what? Maybe not this next one. So uh, here's the closest. Again, you can go over. Not Price is Right rules. In what year was Steamboat's trademark phrase, champagne powder, coined? So we're looking for a year. Champagne powder became a trademark. Say 1985. 1970. Okay, another trick question. Wait, who's, uh, you say it one more time. I didn't see who is, say them again. 63. I said 85. 85, 63, and? 70. Okay, so Brett is the closest. Actually, it was in 2010. Wow. Wow. So while the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office approved the trademark in 2010, essentially that was the true-false, the phrase was, uh, yeah, I did say trademarked. Yeah, okay, that was a trick question. It was, the, the phrase was coined in the 1950s by rancher Joe McElroy, who was out skiing on terrain that eventually would become the ski area and said the snow tickled his nose like champagne. So again, uh, yes, the phrase uh, was coined earlier, but it didn't actually get trademarked until 2010. Yeah, no snow. Everybody definitely thinks champagne. 
when they think of no snow. Uh, also good B-roll. Um, yeah. So, uh, multiple choice. This next question. Steamboat sports a roster of how many Olympians? 52, 78, 104, or 121? So, again, past Olympians or current Olympians for that matter. 52, 78, 104, 121. I'll say 52. And 104. It's probably just north of 100. Answers always see 104. Yeah, it's 104. Wow. Deductive reasoning. You guys are. Well done. You guys are. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Oh, we needed that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to tally them up, but they're still very close. All right. True, false. The trails high noon and three o'clock got their name from the hour when the sun hits the trail. Um. False. There's a trick question. False because high noon is when you want to go eat lunch and three o'clock you got to go back in the car. What do you think, Grant? False is the direction that the trail is aiming. On the map, yeah. You guys are really hate me. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Located located on Sunshine Ridge, there's also one o'clock and two o'clock trails in that area that Guess what? The sun hits uh, them at those, those times as well. All right, two more, and we'll move on to our final uh, ski area. This is an open-ended question, okay? I'm going to give you a hint. Uh, Steamboat named a trail after a high-end accessory company. Which one? Any ideas off without a hint? Cooley. No. You can guess. You can guess a oh, guesses. skiing, probably. Oakley. Nothing to do with skiing. Is <laughs> the irony. No, well, it's not Oakley. Yeti? No, it's um, the hint. The hint I put in was watch party at Rendezvous Lodge. Oh, is it Rolex? Yes. Well done, Cole. Yes, Rolex. Wow. What's interesting is that, uh, so I looked this up on their website. Rolex technically is not an official partner or sponsor of Steamboat. Yet on the trail map, the Rolex trail name is in a unique font, the actual logo of the company. And uh, the only article I found on it was uh, they did, Steamboat did invite Rolex management to the, uh, to the, uh, uh, the opening of the run, the grand opening, yeah. And uh, they skied, I guess, they had a recent snow dump of four feet of powder for the ribbon cutting at the trail. And like, so there's a story, but like, they don't like give them, it sounds like they're not like a sponsor though. So it's sort of a, well, interesting how it, that came about. Do you guys know? It probably wound up being a timeshare pitch and uh, they just, okay. They, they couldn't get on board after that. Okay. Yeah. So that was interesting, but uh, I did notice that actually when I was out there I was like, Oh, that's weird. Is Rolex like, <laughs> is that like the official sponsor of Steamboat? Cause I got like a, a Garmin, you know, that's not going to cut it. All right, last one. Uh, true, false. Steamboat is home to the Cardboard Classic, featuring cardboard rafts. I'm sorry, cardboard crafts racing down Stampede. That's a run. True. False. I think it's a different mountain. There we go. False. It is true. Yes, the <sighs> Cardboard Classic. This four-decade-long spring tradition features crafts made only with cardboard, glue, string water-based paint, duct tape, masking tape, balloons, and other decorations. Expect hilarious and odd 
clever construction designs. Cole, I'm sure that mines could probably enter a float or two here. Uh, so <laughs> next time you get that alumni email, you should, you should pitch it. Um, all right, guys, we are down to our final ski area trivia, and then we're going to make our picks to go to the championship game. I, I kind of forgot who it was. It's Vale. So, <laughs> so here we go, Vale. All right, question five, uh, multiple choice. Um, or I'm sorry, five questions, multiple choice. When Denver won the Olympic bid in 1976 for winter games, two ski areas were selected to host the downhill events. One was Vale. What was the other? It's multiple choice. Beaver Creek, Breckenridge, Copper, or Loveland? Copper. I'll say Beaver Creek because they got the birds of prey runs. I'll say and Beaver Creek. It's Beaver Creek. Well done. Oh. All right. Yeah, of course, Beaver Creek. Neighboring Beaver Creek. Uh, Copper and Loveland were alternative sites. Of course, uh, we all know that uh, voters' uh, Proposition 8 or Initiative 8 voted down the Olympics. So it <laughs> didn't happen. You said you voted down. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, true, false. In January of 1997, Vale Associates announced the purchase of Breckenridge and Beaver Creek with four ski areas, including Crested Butte. Vail Resorts became the largest single operator in Colorado's ski industry. Again, true, false, Which, when VIP made its big purchase. True. Did you say a year there? Se uh, 70, uh, 97. Was Crested Butte? I didn't think that was until just a couple of years ago. So I'm going to say false. Hmm. I'm going to trust the guy in first, false. Cole, you're going to stick with true. You're going to switch to false. I'm saying true. Sorry, buddy. It's false. Yeah. I, I threw in Mother. a crested butte there. It's actually Keystone was the other, uh, was the other mountain there. But yeah, as, as Brett pointed out, crested butte is now uh, part of the, uh, the Vale family after the triple peaks acquisition in 2018, which also included Okemo in Vermont and Sunapee, New Hampshire. All right. True, false. Vale once went bankrupt. That's true. I'll say true. I'll say false. It's true. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was 1991. Vale Associates, as it was known then, led by George Gillett, was over leveraged with real estate. And uh, actually, a lot of it was because of the Beaver Creek projects, I guess, cost overruns. Uh, so there you go. But hey, if there's a lesson to be learned is that one can rebound. Uh, <laughs> true, false. In October of 1998, the Two Elk Lodge burned down and a radical environmental group took credit. In 88? 1998. Sorry. 98. I'll say true. False. Yeah. I'm going to go true again. It is true. Yeah, the fire was set by a group of eco-terrorists called The Family that was associated with the Earth Liberation Front. But the good news is that uh, it was, the lodge was rebuilt the following summer. Uh, true, false, only two more. True, false, Vail pro <laughs> provides free grills to use. <laughs> Never mind, we'll skip that one. <laughs> true. That's <laughs> <No>, true. <laughs> All right, now this is, the, this is a perfect closer, actually. Multiple choice. Vale has a trail named after a reader. Who is it? Brett's Drop in Blue Sky Basin, CJ's Glade in Blue Sky Basin, Cole's Folly in Alpine Ridge, or, quote, I'll grant you that in Wildwood. I'm going to say Cole's Folly. It's Cole's Folly. What do you think, Grant? I'm going to be a narcissist and say it's Grant. 
<laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, you're all wrong. CJ's Glade. Ah, ah. I just thought of my nephew. That's all good, man. All right. After uh, the games, uh, Brett is in the lead, 15. And then the other two, Cole and Grant, are tied with 13. So, guys, uh, here we are. We are in uh, the final four. We got, uh, you know, the ski areas. You heard a little bit more about them. Has your thoughts on them changed? We need to make our picks. And uh, right, first up, the number one seed facing the number four seed, Steamboat versus Vale. Who do you got? Steamboat. Still Steamboat. Are we just shaking heads? Nothing to add. It's, it's, tough, to, it's tough to beat the value of Steamboat. Mm. Steamboat's an amazing place. I got to choose it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Steamboat's amazing place. That's it, man. No, nothing else needs to be said. I think this next one's the tough one. This is the conversation here. A Basin, six seed versus Wolf Creek, the two seed. And uh, again, you know, just in terms of, I mean, they probably couldn't be more different. Well, maybe not. That's maybe not true. But uh, Well, when I was making my basketball bracket, I was trying to avoid nothing but ones and twos. But uh, I think we're going to end up with a one and two here because I'm voting for Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. All right. I'm it's, just going to throw the counterpunch uh, or uh, – a Basin, one of the longest seasons, third highest ski area, peak elevation, signature run, the chutes, the, the beach, you know, Summit County. It's an expensive thing, and, like, that's the most affordable way to do it. I say good on them for being who they are. They know who they are. I'm voting for A Basin. But, again, local appreciation day at Wolf Creek, $44 lift tickets. I don't know that A Basin <laughs> does that. Cole. I think you might be having to break the tie here. What's it going to be, A-Basin or Wolf Creek? Well, the question comes down to the quality of the skiing and the ski resort versus the how does it make you feel. A-Basin has a fun community. They've, I think A-Basin as a collective uh, makes a point to go out of the way to take care of people. And Wolf Creek is just four feet of powder, whatever you – I – I'll go A Basin. Oh, A Basin advances yeah. into the championship. Boom. With the upset. Oh, man. <laughs> Six seed versus one seed. Will we get that? What uh, I'm trying to think. So that'd be like Gonzaga versus USC. I think USC is a, a six seed. Could this be a preview of the championship? I'm actually not sure what bracket, what region those two schools are they, in. But. They would meet up in the uh, Elite Eight. Okay. So that's uh, all right. That won't be a preview. Next all right, gentlemen. Well, we are, uh, we are at it. It is uh, now it's kind of the time to do the objective statistics here to choose our champion of this 2021 March mogul madness on the Powderhounds podcast. We have number one seated steamboat taking on number six, Arapahoe basin. And here are our comparisons. So again, this is objective uh, stats. I think, most of these were from the ski area website. Uh, so it should be, you know, accurate. Um, anyway, average snowfall, Arapahoe Basin, 350 inches. Steamboat, 314 inches. Skeeble Acres, Arapahoe Basin, 1,428. Steamboat, 2,965. Vertical. Arapahoe Basin, 2,530 feet. 
Steamboat, 3,668 feet. Summit elevation, Arapahoe Basin, 13,050 feet. Steamboat, 10,568 feet. And uh, yeah, I mean, those are, your, those are the sort of key statistics there in terms of uh, what you're gonna find for your terrain, yes, what's indeed. on the ground. So um, just in terms of straight up statistics, uh, we'll bolden them. It looks like they are about even. You know, each have two, two strengths. Um, Rapo Basin has a little bit more um, snowfall, average snowfall and higher summit elevation, but Steamboat has more skiable acres and more vertical. So guys, we're really at a toss up here. This is uh, un unexpected toss up in terms of the objective statistics that we're using here. So we got to bring in the subjective and I think I know which way you're thinking and leaning considering the number one overall seed, but will there be some surprise ending? Tune in next week for the next episode of Pat. No, that's not, that's not what we're doing. Uh, what do you guys got? Or anything else come to mind? Is there anything else to consider? Like who's got the best tacos? Uh, what's the, uh, you know, what's Sorry. the happy hour special? I don't Brett know. This pretty sure temperature matters while you're skiing. I mean, it can get pretty cold sometimes, but with Steamboat being at so much lower of an elevation, it's going to stay a lot cooler and be less subject to wind. So Steamboat is going to be more comfortable skiing conditions. You don't get as long of a season, but boy, you've got a lot of room to spread out. You do. This is, this is random and has nothing to do with skiing, but I'm pretty sure Steamboat holds the record for the world's largest firework ever. Yes. I think I saw a video of that on the yeah, Guinness Book World Records. Yeah. And they failed like the first time they tried, but then they yeah. got it right the second yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. Almost blew up the side of the mountain the first time and then, then got it. Mm. Cole's thinking. While you're thinking, I'll just add that Steamboat has a trail named Meadow Lane, which is the street I live on. And uh, we definitely did a selfie in front of it, blinded by a beautiful sunshine. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and we had some really good times in the hot springs i think strawberry park but a basin you're right i mean locals mountain cheap lift tickets in comparison longer season high elevation it's you know kind of close what's closer for sure i mean these are these are this is a tough call i mean for uh for maybe the objective observer but hey personal feelings always went out so i gotta ask you guys for for picks what do you got the only detriment uh, Steamboat really has going for it is the distance, but that that detriment is also one of its biggest strengths in that it doesn't get crowded. You you have to want to go there, and you have to want to enjoy it, and man, when you get there, you will enjoy it. I will vote for Steamboat. I'll, uh, I'll put my flag in the ground. First vote for Steamboat. Consensus number one, the Gonzaga of the 2021 Mogul Madness. We just need one more in agreement, and this this Mogul Madness is over. We'll have a champion. This one's going to be a blowout. I'm going Steamboat. Going Steamboat, Brett. We got two. Grant, are you going to clean sweep it? Yeah, that's clean sweep. Have <laughs> <laughs> a nice Cinderella here. Yeah, Cinderella. <laughs> the opposite of Cinderella baseball uh, reference. And uh, quite frankly, we probably could have avoided the entire uh, games we played because <laughs> this is pretty much almost a guarantee. But hey, you know what? I had fun <laughs> along the way. I hope you guys did too. Congratulations, Steamboat Colorado, for uh, your championship. You are the winner of 2021 March Mogul Madness. 
again, check out the laid back Western vibe of Steamboat on your next trip out West. So we settled the one game, but then you guys need to have, you know, the brotherhood championship. So in order to do that, I have the one game to reveal who the, you know, who the winner is amongst the three. I call the game final Jeff Purdy. And just just like the game, there's a single question. You're going to wager points. And then uh, if you get it wrong, uh, you lose the points. If you get it right, you add the points. And, uh, or you can stay at the points you're at. And, um, and that's it. The topic is food and beverage. And um, I guess before we go, since it's not Jeopardy, we can be open about it. Uh, you know, Grant, you're, uh, Grant and Cole, you're at 13. Brett, you're at 15. Any wagers? Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> five points. I'll wager five. Oh, I'm wagering a dozen. Okay. Wow. Okay. Cole's going for it. Uh, Brett's okay. Yeah. And then Grant, what do you got? Well, I might as well just wager all 13 and try to All right. All right. Love it. All right. Sweet. (laughs) This is what I'm talking about. I love it. I love it. Don't even think about it. Let's just go. Let's just go. All right. The question is, I had three hints to help you get there. Uh, Although I did forget my prop upstairs, but you'll allow me to uh, skip it this time. What tasty topper can be made by combining the full or partial names of two Colorado ski areas. <laughs> what tasty topper can be made by combining the full or partial names of two Colorado skiers? So um, since uh, if you know the answer, you probably don't want to blurt it out loud because then the other people know it. So maybe you could text me or I don't know if you could, yeah, you could probably private chat, chat me. Privately. Yeah, private yeah. chat me your answer. Um, but I'll give you the hints because this is the Jeff Purdy, and that's what we do. We're not, uh, we're not too serious here. The first hint, dual east-west niners. The hints go by hardest to easiest. <laughs> dual east-west niners is the first hint. Uh, the second hint, you may want to be an expert Right. I, I just remembered why I wrote, wrote that. Um, yeah. So the his second hint is you may want to be an expert. And the final hint, there is always sunlight in the distance. So again, the three hints for the question, <laughs> what <Gosh>. tasty topper, <laughs> what tasty topper can be made by combining the full or partial names of two Colorado skiers? Um, we have not, I'll give you a fourth hint. We haven't mentioned either of them <laughs> on the podcast, so that uh, that that could be trouble. But uh, you know, I'll uh, I'll keep working with you with the hints. Niners being uh, Peak Summit, because you know, Fourteeners is uh, sort of the nomenclature uh, in mountain communities. So dual East West Niners, uh, and then so that's one one of the mountains, and then the two remaining hints are for the other mountain. Uh, you may want to be an expert, <clears throat> expert. And then the final hint, there's always sunlight in the distance. Any guesses? <laughs> Jeff, I texted you. Um, okay. Okay. Oh, this is fun. Okay. All right. Um, I really wish I had my prop because it would make a lot more sense, but I don't have it. I guess I could run upstairs, but uh, it's probably fine. 
Okay, it sounds like no one's gonna get it because uh, it's a little, <laughs> one of them is definitely obscure. The other one will make sense when you hear it. Um, so, uh, Cole, I don't see a guess from you yet. Do you have any ideas? No, nothing, I, I am drawing blanks. Okay. Um, Grant, you said Aspen, and that is the area of one of the answers. Can you refine your answer? And everyone else can also refine their answer with that fourth hint. One, one of the Aspen Mountains will lead you to the uh, promised land. Aspen snowman? I don't really like a lot of Aspen snow mass on my... Uh... <laughs> no, it's... He's going for no. buttermilk, but I don't know what the uh, the topping is. Butter. Oh. <laughs> Butter. I think he's going further down the wrong road. No, Cole is on it. That is absolutely is the he? first part of the answer, yes. Buttermilk. What do you put in your salad, boys? Dressing. Dressing? What do you put on your salad? Croutons? Buttermilk <laughs> ranch, baby. Buttermilk Grandy Ranch. That is your answer of Jeopardy. Wow. Wow. So the, uh, <laughs> so the East Coast Niners, uh, both mountains have east and west named summits or mountains. So that was the nod again to the 14ers, popular climbing uh, nomenclature. Second hint, you may want to be an expert. That was an expert. X the letter game. X, X Games is home to, Buttermilk is home to the X Games. And the mm -hmm. final answer, there's, oh, or final hint, there's always sunlight in the distance. That would be Sunlight Mountain in the distance along, what is it, Route 20 out there in uh, Basalt. Um, so yeah, Sunlight Mountain is a ski area nearby. So those are your three ski uh, <laughs> hints to Buttermilk Ranch. <laughs> Buttermilk Granby Ranch, baby. So uh, yeah, next time you're topping your salad, uh, then uh, you'll think of me. And I did have Buttermilk Ranch upstairs <laughs> to bring down and show you. But uh, so uh, y'all got it wrong. So it uh, looks like Brett is the winner <laughs> because he only bet five. <laughs> Congratulations, Brett. You are the 2021 Mogul Madness champion. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you guys so much for playing. It is last chair. Any final thoughts? Anything we didn't get to? Anything on your mind? Otherwise, we will leave it there. Oh, and then Grant did say Steamboat would win. And cold did too. Ironically, Brett, you picked uh, Bretton Ridge. Uh, so, uh, so that was yes, a twist. Out for fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can do it. Just like Cole thought Illinois would win. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, my poor bracket. Away, so. I'm a homer. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you again. Thanks, Thanks guys. Have a good day. Thanks a lot. See All you guys. Looks like it's four o'clock. Time to catch the last chair. Thank you to my guests, Cole, Brett, and Grant. Thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank my buddy Beamer for shipping a fresh supply of Powderhounds Winter Ale from Big Sky Brewing Company out in Montana. While in no way, shape, or form is Big Sky Brewing Company a sponsor, it would be a whole lot cooler if they were. Have a question, comment, or correction? Contact me on Twitter at Powderhound Skis. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast Manager, Verbal, Spotify, 
and Stitcher. Just type Powderhounds Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slopes, Powderhounds. I think you got a new subscriber, Jeff. That was good.